Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I'm watching the Duke-Virginia Regional, and that Virginia pitcher is touching his hat like he did in 2021 against us. Like there is something on his hat. This time it isn't working, but everybody thought it was fishy last time. I just think it's odd that no one is saying anything. That comes from Will Croson. I mean, it's not a legal will to touch your hat, right? It's it's not illegal to touch your hat. Um, so it's only illegal if there's substance on it, if there's a substance on it, so... Maybe that's not the case. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines here. Call from Hunter. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. What about you? I am doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you calling in. What's going on? Uh, so, what, uh, so when is, uh, I guess, like Nick Harbour going into like practice and all? Like, when is his first practice for uh, Carolina? His first practice with South Carolina will be the start of fall camp, Hunter. Uh, August the I, I would imagine fall camp will start August fourth, August fifth, something like that. It's typically within the first week of August. Um, so that's you know he'll he'll probably be on campus. Nick Harbor will probably be on campus, and again, I'm just guessing. I would imagine sometime in July, but uh, yes, his first practice will be at the start of fall camp. 
So do you do you think uh, he's going to be the starter? I guess like for wide receiver this year at all. Or? I think he's going to play wide receiver. Um, they're going to have him at the wide receiver position. I think it's probably going to take. I, I don't think he's going to be a starter day one. Uh, I don't think he's a starter day one. I think it's one of those things he's going to have to learn the nuances of the receiver position. Um, I think fans need to be somewhat patient and keep realistic expectations when it comes to the true freshman because he's a fantastic track star, but is he truly a well-rounded wide receiver yet? I mean, he's got all the tools to be a big-time player, and I think you will see him make some plays this season, but I don't know if you're going to see it in the first couple of weeks. I, I would imagine it's by about the midway point of the season that we see Nick Harbour. We really start to hear his name, and he makes an impact. So while I think he's going to get on the field, I don't think he's a day-one starting wide receiver for South Carolina. No, I agree. I agree. Um, that's all I need, man. I appreciate it. I just uh, had to get that question out there because uh, a lot of people say, like, oh, he's not going to play until next year. Or, you know, it's just it's kind of hard to, you know, who to believe in all. So, I appreciate it. Hunter, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the call. No problem. Yeah, man, Bye. take care. Great stuff from Hunter Kelly. Bink Beattie says, sorry if you haven't already touched on this, haven't tuned in some time, but do you think they start Sanders if we get to Sunday? That's a great question, Bink. I think it depends on, obviously, do they pitch him before that? Like, do they feel the need to pitch him? You know, you kind of wonder, right? You wonder if that's in the back of their mind. Um, just going through the first game and the second game and just, hey, let's make sure we have a guy ready to go game three. I don't think that's necessarily how they will operate this weekend, because I think you do everything you can to win the first two games. Because I think I saw, and we'll go through the questions here, Austin Gregory's comment about, you know, the winner or loser of game one. That's, you know, the winner of game one is the team that's going to win the series. I will say this, South Carolina wins game one. My hopes and optimism of winning the series go up exponentially. Lose game one, <clears throat> I, I I don't like the odds for South Carolina. I, I, and I could see him winning game two. I really do believe... Either way, this series goes to a game three. I just think game three massively favors, favors the Gators in Gainesville. That's, that's, that's really all I'm all I'm saying. So, um, we'll see. I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, let's see. Let's get into some of your questions, your comments here from earlier. Will Hall said, we're starving for the College World Series too, for sure. It's too bad this game isn't in Columbia, but got to play the hand you are dealt. Yeah, being in Columbia certainly would help. Will. All right, let's jump back to the phone lines here. Call from <clears throat> Robbie Davis, Zachary's Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing good. I basically did my personal best as far as walks go today. So I'm pretty feeling pretty accomplished today. I started walking at like 10.05, and I got done at like two minutes to noon, and I hit 11,000. 400 and something steps in a little over and a little less than an hour. It's fantastic, Robbie. Proud of you. But I wanted to go ahead and give my prediction for Sunday just in case. And I'm going to do this quick because my phone's about to die. But if it goes to a game three, I've got South Carolina winning five to three on Sunday if it gets to a if it goes to Sunday. Okay. So you got the Gamecocks taking the series no matter what. I like that. I like that. Sticking to it. I like that. I'm sticking to my guns, doggone it, okay? If you don't like it, you can kiss my keister, okay? Pucker up and kiss my keister. Kiss the okay? keister. Exactly. And but um and we have eighty six more days until football season. Eighty you know, eighty five more I days. Eighty five more days. Eighty five. Okay, yeah. I'm losing I'm losing track of the days, man. I'm so ready for football season. Yeah, I'm eighty eighty five days till uh till counter football. I'm losing track of my days, man. I'm going. I'm just crazy. But anyways, I'm the close. Like the closer it gets, like I'm just more. I'm just more excited about it, just solely based off of the success that we've had so far under Beamer. And like I said yesterday, he's got a book of everything that he's learned as an assistant that he still 
goes off of as a head coach for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And like you said yesterday as well, he, he's, he's been under, he was coached. He was, he was a coach under uh, Spurrier and several others. So he knows what it takes to be a head coach, even though this is only his third year in being a head coach personally, and I'm not trying to sound biased, but I think he's doing a bang up job as our head coach. Okay. For all the, because I'm pretty sure there's still some doubters out there that think, okay, he's not going to be able to do it. He's never been a head coach before. And he's been proving people wrong ever since he got here as the head coach. He has, man. Beamer, Beamer's a one-man oh. wrecking crew. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he can, uh, yeah. he can definitely continue to do it, man. But yeah, I'll, and I'm, yeah, I truly believe that as well. And I'm, I'm hoping and praying that the Dowell Logan hire works out because that would be a major shot that other people like announcers and stuff and analysis guys people do analysis Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't work out they'll use that as a crutch to say that maybe Beamer doesn't know what he's doing but on the other hand we have had winning records ever since he got here So I think it's pretty safe to say that he's not listening to the outside noise and does not give a damn about the outside noise. All he cares about is building that football program to the point to where he has seen it before and he's and he's getting it done by hook or by crook, come Hades or high water, he's going to get it done. Mm-hmm. But that's all I got. Go Gamecocks, and uh, just to give a little shot to Clemson fans, good luck in y'all's uh, staying at home regional this weekend. <laughs> I love it, Robbie. I love it. Well said, as always. <laughs> All right, buddy. You have a great rest of your day and have a great weekend, and I hope everybody in that's in the YouTube chat and in the and in the Big Cock Club chat. I hope y'all have a great weekend, and I hope everybody has a great Father's Day next weekend. So, uh, but uh, all right, I'm gonna head out of here, man. As always, leave the dumb stuff to me. I will do so, Robbie. As I always do. I appreciate you, my man. Have a great weekend. You too. Yeah, man. Take care. Robbie Davis at five minutes and 34 seconds. Five minutes and 34 seconds. Austin Gregory set the over-under at seven minutes even. The under. The under hits. And also your call time was a little late. A little late. But Robbie brings something up very interesting, actually. And I know we're all talking baseball today, but I I just I want to throw this out there because I'm curious. And you guys listen. Listen, here's the thing. I know you guys are tough, right? You don't need you don't need a quote unquote safe space or anything like that, right? You can handle the truth, but I want to give you all an opportunity. This is your space to just you want to vent. Hey, nobody's got to know because I feel like people put up a tough front. But when you see lists come out from folks like Pro Football Focus, or you see a list come out from a guy like Big Game Boomer. When you see these lists, right? Because Robbie just mentioned the biggest hiring to date for Shane Beamer, the offensive coordinator. When you see lists like these, again, I'm looking at big game boomers list right now. What do his lists mean? Hey, some people live and die by him. Some people pay no attention. Some are just right down the middle. I appreciate his lists for what they are. I don't overreact to him. It's a it's a random dude making lists. Nothing more, nothing less. But he does a good job with it. But there have been others as well. But how does it make you feel, honestly, when you see a list like this, top 50 offensive coordinators during the 2023 season, and Dowell Loggins is nowhere to be found in the top 50 
And meanwhile, Garrett Riley is number one on all of them. How does it make you feel? Do you not care? Does it make you feel a little queasy? I'm just asking a simple question. Don't shoot the messenger. Just asking a question. Just asking a question. It's wild. It really goes to show to the the passion of of college fans and the way that anything when it comes to football can move the needle because that whole offensive coordinator fiasco, like the month of January and the whole Mark Ryan with the, this guy said, bro, like that was chaos. Like that was, that was chaos. Was it not? That was crazy. That was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And I love it. That type of passion is the reason that I'm able to do what I do for a living. But, man, that was insane. I mean, it went off the rails there for a couple of weeks. Ruination, by the way, the under the under hit. Yeah, 621. You were wrong there. But does it, does, it, does it bother you at all? Does it bother you? Does it irk you at all to see Garrett Riley number one? And, again, it's, it's something that we're going to talk about. We're, we're going to bring this back up. We're going to bring this back up, Ruination. I see your comment. We're going to bring this back up as we get closer to the season, right? We're going to do full previews, position unit previews. We'll do full offense, defense, special teams. We'll do just the full season preview as a whole. And the Dowell Logan storyline is one of the top storylines. It, it is. It is. It's one of the top storylines going into the season, whether you like it or not. It, it is. And Shane Beamer, the future of his tenure at Carolina really does rest on Davo Loggins and being a success. I mean, we said it last year. See, we're we're far away enough removed from it now where people forget some of the chatter last year. Like, right? Like, the chatter was, and the chatter, in my opinion, still is when we really dive back into it, that Shane Beamer's tenure will... It's going to be judged off of wins, don't get me wrong, but it's damn near going to be judged off just as much off of did he get the offense going. That That's it. That's it. Was he able to push the right buttons and get the offense going? Will Hall says, hot take. If Riley was hired at Carolina, he would not be number one on that list. You know, Will, even if that's the case, I guarantee you he'd be top ten. He'd probably be top five. Just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I think Garrett Riley was was viewed as whether it right, wrong, or indifferent. Okay? I'm not trying to tell you. I'm just, we all know. We're not blind. Y'all don't live under a rock. Y'all follow this thing like I do. You're on social media. You live it. You breathe it. It's why you tune in to the Daily Crow. Anybody who followed the OC search knew that Garrett Riley was the hottest commodity. He was. So I think even if South Carolina will haul, even if you feel like that for whatever reason people slight the Gamecocks, and I'll tell you this, you I'll tell you this, not on, hey, Will Hall, not on Big Game Boomer's list he wouldn't have been. He would have been number one because Big Game Boomer hates Clemson. So for him to put a Clemson guy number one, the guy has to be number one, like legitimately number one, Right? He's got to be number one. He he's I mean he looks he looks for every excuse to take a dump on Clemson. So for him to put Garrett Riley one kind of goes to show you how good the guy actually is. Let's see. Wow, Cole Leinert, Matt Leinert's son, is a class of 2026 pro-style quarterback. How about that? Who knew? Damn. That's crazy, man. So he had a kid right after he got out of college then. He must have. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. 843-790-3377. 
Rubination says, all I'm going to say is this. It better work with Dowell or Beamer is going to catch hands from some. Rubination, there's real pressure on it to work. There's no question. Why, why should we? Why, you know this is not the platform to dance around that type of conversation. That's the. This is the platform. This is the entity we run towards that conversation. Right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think there's even more emphasis, Bruin Nation, on it to work now. Because Shane Beamer adamantly said, we got our guy and we didn't talk to Garrett Riley. Didn't even talk, didn't even entertain it. So, all right, all right. If that's the case, your guy better work. Your guy better work. There's real pressure on it, man, for sure. And the good news is this, guys. Can anybody be worse than Sat was? I mean, realistically, can anybody be worse than Marcus Satterfield? I don't think so. I, I just really don't think so. I mean, really, Dowell Loggins' job should just be to get out of the way. Let 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 Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, these guys, let them do their thing. Get out of the way. Bruin Nation's about to become the least the, the, the least popular man in the chat when he says, I love Beamer, but I also see the arrogance in him, and I feel like he tries to prove people wrong by hiring people nobody wants or has ever heard of. I mean, I, I think arrogance, Bruin Nation's a very strong word. I think Beamer, though, has a chip on his shoulder, and he operates with that. All I'm saying, though, is this. Like, if you're going to turn away and to shun the guy who is the no-brainer number one option on the board for this guy. And you're going to be the guy, you're, you're taking the stance of, I know something you don't. I, you know, like, Shane Beamer in this instance, if, if this works, he will prove like he's smarter than the game. He's like reinventing the wheel almost. So, you know, we'll see. It could very well work. Carolina could score 40 a game. It could happen. It could happen. I will tell you this, though. I think fans, and again, this is all conversation for down the road, what have you, and we get into our preseason stuff. But, you know, I think fans have to be patient. I think it's a new offense yet again. I, I don't think you're going to see Carolina just pick right back up where they did from the Tennessee game, of course, 63 in week one, nothing like that. I, I think it's going to be, you know, the good news is you play a North Carolina defense that you should be able to have a lot of success against. So... You know, I, I just, we'll see. I mean, it, it, I to me, I, and it's like I said this months ago and people adamantly disagreed, I think more so because the conversation made them uncomfortable versus it was wrong. But Clemson's acquisition of Garrett Riley puts that much more pressure on Dowell Loggins to succeed. The, and I know Brennan M's about to explode in the Big Cock Club Discord because we had heated convos about this, but that stands true today. It does. Because if we're in a scenario where it's the end of the season and the rivalry game is about to take place and Clemson's got this high-flying offense and Carolina is sputtering, well, I'm sorry, but and I'm not sorry, but a lot of people are going to sit there and look and like, ah, they messed up. They, 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 they got the wrong guy, like, flat out. So it could be the reverse. Hey, it, it might be the reverse. It might be Garrett Riley might be a slapdick. Garrett Riley might be a slap dick. To most of you, Garrett Riley already is a slap dick, but you know what I mean. He might not be very good. Might be a bum. Might be a carryover from TCU against Georgia. Hey, Brendan M's got Duke beating Clemson week one. Anybody else? Anybody else want to make some bold predictions? Duke over Clemson. What a, what a perfect start to the college football season, that would be. If we could get South Carolina beats North Carolina, Duke beats Clemson. Just what a time. What a time that would be. I don't know. Anyways, the OC chatter is one that certainly will go throughout the preseason. It'll go into the season. It'll go throughout the season. <laughs> my biggest concern is just balance. That, that's that's it. Just having balance offensively. That That is my biggest concern. Because I, I, you know, listen, I, I think the D-line has more upside than the O-line. 
I don't think the O-line is going to be very good. I, I just flat out will tell you. Again, we got a lot to break down and discuss as we go throughout the preseason, but I, I don't think the O-line is going to be all that great. I, I think South Carolina will have to air it out. I, I don't think they're going to be a team that at this point with no proven RB1 and serious questions on the offensive front, I don't – and I mean, dude, when's the last time Carolina ran the ball truly effectively? Like, like I, I want you to all stop right now and tell me, when's the last time Carolina that you recall that you would go back and you'd say that was a good rushing offense? I'm going to stop myself, too, because you know what's funny? I go back to 2020 immediately when Kevin Harris ran for 1,000 yards, but that that team went 2-8. <laughs> that team went 2-8. So – let me do this, because I see Joseph said 2020. Take away the 2020 season, because I feel like that was a weird year for defenses. And I'm not the only one that says that. JC says that. Other people say that. Outside of 2020, what was the last time Carolina had a really good rushing attack? Would you say probably 2014 with Mike Davis? Would that be it? I don't know. I think South Carolina is going to have to be, though, an air raid. And my biggest concern is just balance. It, it, again, it's just balance. Can you get balance in the offense? Can Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells get help? Can Trey Knox, can they get help? Because if you're one-dimensional, I don't care how good your, how, how, how good your skill position guys are, as, as Jake Crane pointed out, you're going to struggle. You, you just And I think, I think, honestly, the issues up front are the reason – that we've seen so much inconsistencies. It's why we have those quote-unquote Gamecock games. It's why we have those games where it's these, these mind-numbing losses. Porous line of scrimmage play and turnovers. I mean, that, and, dude, turnovers were the story last year for Carolina. But when you have inconsistencies up front and you also turn the ball over or you're prone to doing so, you're going to be an inconsistent football team, man. And, and you're going to get inconsistent results. Because the ceiling and the floor, it's going to be such a wide gap, right? Like a team like Georgia, here's the thing. Their ceiling's higher than South Carolina, yes. I've made the golf comparison before. Their ceiling is higher than Carolina's. But their floor is so much higher. That's the difference. When Georgia plays a bad game, I mean, it's still a pretty damn good performance. But bad to them is different than bad to other teams. You know? Uh, let's see. Travi says, until we get the run, the run defense better and the run game in check, this is going to be the product. And I think helps on the way, Travi. That's the good news. They're recruiting at a high level on both lines of scrimmage. And, um, you know, who was it I was talking or I was listening to? Who was it I was listening? Let me think. I was listening to that SEC podcast. That's who it was. And it was, uh, I think, Rusty Manziel is his name, Dogs HQ. He was talking about Shane Beamer and the way they're recruiting the line of scrimmage. And I, and I think Shane Beamer, again, it's, it's evident, guys. They're recruiting that way because he knows that's what they have to have to win. He was at Georgia. He saw it under Kirby Smart. That's why Georgia, one of the reasons they're so dominant, they recruit the best of the best up front. South Carolina will get there. But that's one of those things. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. And a lot of those big-time prospects you've got on the offensive line, defensive line, they may not, especially O-line, they may not be ready this year. They're not going to be ready this year. But next year, two years from now, you're really going to be cooking. Quick question. Has anyone ever heard of TeamRankings.com? Have you all ever ever heard of them? Team Rankings. Our friends over at uh, JWP Sports, just put up a tweet. Team Rankings posted their top 100 college football teams going into next season. And I'm just like, who is Team Rankings? And I guess they are a website, teamrankings.com. They got a predictive. They've got a predictive. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Power rating and simulations of currently scheduled games. So I guess it's like another computer simulation type deal? I don't know if this is current or not. Let's see. I believe this is current. I think it is. They have South Carolina 39th on this list, but they've got Carolina projected win-loss 8-5. and five. I think that's got to be wrong. I think that has to be wrong. I don't know. Anyways, have y'all ever heard of this website? I, I've, I've never heard of them before. So, I don't know. Interesting. No. Okay, this is from last year. I, I don't know where they're getting this. I have no idea. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. I'm just racking my brain over here. Let's get back into your comments. Let's get back into your comments. Brian Dean said, congrats to the Lady Sooners. 61-1. and Three-time national softball champions. A 3-1 to win over Florida State. 61-1, and dude. That's crazy. That's crazy talk, man. That's absolute dude. 61 and one. Wow. Hayden Yu says the stat about road struggles the rest of the regular season. It's a new season now. It is a new season, Hayden. That's the beauty of it. Austin Gregory said whoever wins game one wins the series. My hopes dropped to zero if we lose game one. My hope, my hopes drop significantly. That's for sure. Uh, Austin Gregory said grass is greener than Augusta National in Columbia. No doubt. Jake or Jeff Gullich says, I love Jake's movie references. Aaron Hodges said, what game did special teams help? Y'all want to answer that question? I, mean, I, I, I think back immediately off the top of my head, Georgia State was one. Texas A&M, Xavier Leggett's kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, Kentucky, I don't know the special teams as much as, you know, defensive plays, huge defensive plays helped in that one. Um, what else? I mean, the Clemson game, (laughs) did it not help there? Did it not help there? Special teams was a factor for South Carolina. Let's, let's not even, it very much so was a factor. It very much so was a factor. No doubt. No doubt. Was it a factor? I'm not trying to say it was the sole reason Carolina won eight games, but you, I think you'd be mistaken to not mention special teams when you talk about the 2022 Gamecocks football team. All right, let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Dalton. Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going, man? I'm ready to uh, get this game started tonight and and hopefully uh, take the series in Gainesville. But the weather does not look like it may hold up, unfortunately. So... We may be in for a little bit of a rain delay. Hopefully we're not, but, you know, not great news for, for the next couple of days, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, it, well, I, I tell you this. I just pulled up. I just pulled up Gainesville, Florida weather on weather.com. Hourly forecast. Right now, it is raining. You are correct. Thunderstorms. At 3 o'clock, it is raining. And I'm talking 100%. 4 o'clock, it goes to 80%. 5 o'clock, 70 And then at 6 o'clock and beyond, it is 15%, 13%, 12%. So, I guess we'll find – I mean, you would think you have a ballpark in Florida. The drainage in there would be elite because it always rains in Florida. So, fingers crossed – the storms move out quicker than maybe expected, and the field drains well, and they can get the game in. So, I, I fingers crossed. I want to see baseball tonight. I mean, I know as you as you do as well, but we'll see. Well, what I wanted to sort of ask about is now that we know what basically the rotation is going to set up for, at least for game one and game two, with uh, James Hicks on the mound tonight, and then most likely – we're going to go Jack Mahoney in game two. My question is, do you like how that sets up pitching matchup-wise? Because it seems like Florida is going to go their their normal rotation, what they've done all year. Uh, Brandon Sproat game one, uh, Hurston Waldrop game two, and then Jack Caglione game three. So I'm just wondering if you think that James Hicks tonight is, is the play. If you like it, if you don't like it, if we could be doing something different, uh, do you think this gives us the best chance of success tonight in game one? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I like James Hicks, and I like Jack Mahoney tomorrow, especially. You know, Mahoney's been really, really good for you, and especially when he's had his back against the wall. But I like James Hicks tonight, and, I, and I'll tell you, Dalton, it's, it's like I've said before, you know, I don't think South Carolina right now has that true – dominant number one guy. I mean, Jack Mahoney, I think, has been as close to that as we've seen in regards to the way he has pitched in some big moments. But they don't have, to me, the Paul Skeens. They don't have a Spro. They don't They don't have a no-brainer like this is our one, right? Like this is our number one guy. That being said, though, South Carolina has – I say that because they, they have. we've got a bunch of guys that whether you threw Hicks tonight, Mahoney tonight, Eli Jones tonight, I would feel confident the same in all those guys. You know what I mean? So I like James Hicks. He's thrown it well. Uh, his last couple of outings, he's looked really, really good. And, you know, I, I like him in the ball game, especially against this Florida lineup, keeping the baseball down, using the sink on that fastball. But, um, you know, I, it's no secret, Dalton. I've talked about it a lot. I, I like Florida's depth on the mound more. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. I'll say this. We talk about Sproat, Waldrop, and Caglione. I, I'm falling in the same trap I did last time, too, because I gave those guys tons of credit going into the South Carolina-Florida series in late April. And, South kind of shelled all three of them. I mean, they just flat out did. So, um, I mean, this is a Gamecocks lineup that should come in the weekend with a lot of confidence. They've done it before against this group. And, you know, if they can even somewhat, you know, 50% replicate that success, I, I think Carolina's in for a really, really fun weekend and probably a, an Omaha trip. Well, do you believe this, this weekend's going to be an incredibly high-scoring, you know, series? Or do you think, you know, both pitchers are going to, be able to limit run production, you know, relatively well. Both bullpens will hold up. I have my, my questions about Florida's bullpen. I still don't think they're, you know, a lead or anything like that. I, I think we could get some runs from the Florida bullpen for sure, especially if it's a close game and in, in, in a late innings type of situation. But yeah, my, my question is, Aside from the starting pitchers, do you trust our bullpen to sort of hold down a lead late in this game? Because I have my doubts about Florida's bullpen being able to hold down a lead. But if you're getting tagged with a bunch of, uh, you know, home runs late in the game and you're, you know, you turn a a two-run deficit into a four-run deficit or a five-run deficit, you know, late in the game, it it becomes much, much more difficult to Mm -hmm. come back from that and win. But, uh, I mean, ultimately, I trust our lineup more than I trust our our pitching staff. Although, you know, the pitching staff did do a great job. I mean, you're talking about SEC caliber bats. And I I think that Florida is going to score some runs this mm-hmm. weekend. But, you know, we're just going to have to outproduce them, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Listen, I, I, I feel confident in the bullpen. Um, 
I think there's a lot of similarities with South Carolina and, and, and Florida's bullpens in the sense of consistency. I mean, we've seen – I don't think it's happened quite as much, but, I mean, we, we've seen the Gamecocks struggle out of the bullpen, I mean, no doubt. I mean, we've seen – hell, we've seen James Hicks struggle come out of the pen. I think back to the Arkansas series when he got shelled in that series. And, you know, everybody in this bullpen has had, you know, their good and bad outings, you know what I mean? And, and that goes for every single pitching staff. So, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest question mark, Dalton, on most collegiate staffs is you just kind of don't know what you're going to get in regards to consistency. I mean, you, you think back to – I don't think South Carolina's got a pin like they had in 2010 and 11 when they had Jose Mata and John Taylor and Matt Price coming out of there. But you got capable options. I think with, you know, Kate Austin and Chris Veach and, and Will Sanders is a bit of an X factor now and Eli Jones and Matthew Becker. And uh, you got options there, right? So, um, I mean, I feel as confident in you, as you possibly can in the bullpen. I mean, um, I'm not telling you I won't be nervous when they go out there, but, you know, we you've got guys in there that have done the job. They've gotten the job done before. I should say that. So, um, you know, I feel as confident as you can. But I think to your point, Dalton, you asked, is it going to be an offensive weekend? I, I think it's going to be a, a – I, I don't know if saying a pitching-dominated weekend is the right way because I think runs will be scored. Like, I think there's going to be a balance. I don't think you're going to see 13 to 10 ball games. I don't think it's going to be two to one, one to nothing either. But in the postseason, pitching's at such a premium, man. I, I just I think the pitchers will all be locked in and be at their best. And you know, I think we'll see maybe some lower scoring games. I mean, you think back to the first time these two teams met. I mean, outside of the first game where South Carolina scored five in the bottom of the seventh to walk that thing off in seven innings. I mean, those next two games were fairly low scoring. You know, like five to two games, six to three games, what have you. So uh, I think that'll be the case yet again. And then uh, sort of what I want to ask you is um, obviously this, this past uh, weekend we were able to, I believe, you know, I, I thought our offense did a really good job of sort of, you know, getting production out of, you know, walks, uh, base like singles and, and uh, extra base hits as well as the home run. Do you believe that, you know, we'll have to rely a lot on the home run this weekend to, to get runs out of these pitchers? Or, or do you think, you know, we'll be able to have an approach at the plate and, uh, you know, score in the same ways that we were scoring uh, last weekend? I, obviously, I think the walks will be down just because, you know, last weekend we were going up against some <clears throat> pitching staff that had some questions, especially NC State. And by the time we played Campbell, uh, you know, they, all of their good arms had basically been mm -hmm. used up at that point. So, I mean, I don't believe that we'll be getting walked at the same rate. But my my concern is that, you know, going up against an elevated level of pitching that we won't be able to, you know, get, get runners on as easily as we were last weekend and, and score runs in the same way that we were last weekend also. Dalton, because of what happened the first go-around against Florida, I think there's going to be, to your point, a high level of emphasis from them and their pitching staff on throwing strikes and attacking these hitters. And, um, you know, because, again, they they recall the 24 walks they issued and the hit-by-pitches. And um, there was traffic on the base pass basically every single inning for South Carolina. I think I actually heard yesterday one of their pitchers was talking about it, um, was talking about – you know, the emphasis on throwing strikes and attacking, and they recall what they did in the last series. So as a hitter in this lineup, you use it to your advantage. Hey, we know they're going to come in the zone. They don't want to walk us. They don't want to fall behind in the count. They're trying to get ahead. And so, you know, you got to pick and choose your battles, obviously. You got to know your strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, sometimes you do just really have to tip your cat to a pitcher, right? If you can't hit the inside pitch and he just buzzes an inside fastball and it's perfect location, well, unless it's two strikes – you don't swing at it, right? You wait for the next pitch. You try to get something better. But, um, you know, I think South Carolina Dalton will need to be well-rounded. I mean, for sure. You don't want it to be feast or famine on the home run. Uh, this is postseason baseball, man. We're manufacturing runs and just finding a way to score and timely hitting. Those are the things I think that are – that's where the emphasis lies for sure. So, uh, you know, you got a nice mix of power. Here's the good news, Dalton. You don't really have to try to hit home runs. You got big, strong hitters that, you know, if they catch on the barrel, it's going to go a long way. And so – I think you put that sort of in the back of your mind. You just try to make hard, solid contact and hit it where it's pitched, and you sort of go from there. And if you do that, I think you'll have success. 
And then uh, the the last question I have is the obviously well McG- was it McGillis or Lee Croy that that was having I think it was uh, McGillis, but he was having issues on the base pass. Obviously, he got picked off twice. One of them, one of the times he was in scoring position. Do you believe we'll see? You know. Do you, do you think we'll see a, a aggressive approach on the bases this weekend um, you know, like we had last weekend, or do you believe we'll, you know, play it more conservative as far as, you know, our secondary leads trying to steal everything like that? Well, I think there's a difference in being aggressive and being, being stupid. <laughs> I don't know how else to phrase it. There, there's a difference in that. So uh, for Will McGillis, man, yeah, I, I think, you know, honestly, that was a case of he has not played ball in a while, probably hadn't run bases in a while, and, uh, you know, just kind of some lazy mistakes. So, you know, South Carolina is not exactly an athletic team. I would say you got a couple guys that can steal bases, but I, I think for the most part, you know, you don't do anything – you don't do anything foolish to take yourself out of an inning. Just let your guys swing it, obviously. So I don't, I don't think you'll see South Carolina run any more than normal, and uh, certainly they're going to try to limit those – those mistakes they made last weekend because hey in a weekend like this it's those kind of mistakes that can really cost you yeah well i'm looking forward to it hopefully we, we can get a game in tonight if we win tonight obviously all of us will feel very good about our chances but i wouldn't count us out you know even if we lose we have shown that we can win two in a row i have my questions about jack caglione as a pitcher i i think he's a much better hitter than he is a pitcher so I mean if we can get it to a game three going up against Jack Caglione you know with potentially Will Sanders on the mound I like our chances and obviously you know the history is there with us in the postseason just you know we get all the right bounces uh it seems like whenever we play Florida in the postseason and hopefully it it uh goes our way again this weekend so Well said, Dalton. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. Looking forward to a great weekend of baseball. We'll talk soon. No problem. Great stuff from our friend Dalton. Um, Yeah, really, really great stuff, man. Looking forward to a great series, too. Uh, I was just saying, we have a voicemail here that was left over the break. Okay, cool. (laughs) Somebody tried to get Nancy's Nook to call back in. Very nice. I, I just, you know, I guess my question is like, who has time to sit there and find these, find these troll, uh, no, what is it, the 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 prank call websites and input that, like, who has the time and the energy to do so? Um, I don't know. Anyways, let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from just for pleasure. I mean, who has the time to do it? Who has the time? I don't know. The beauties in the banter, I suppose. Chase Floyd says, we know who does. You are right. We know. Yeah, we know. I think we do probably know, but oh well. It is what it is. Anyways, we'll keep it moving. Uh, let's see. Getting back into your questions. <laughs> Bruin Nation says, if we come out and score 20 against UNC, the shit show will begin. Well, again, the good news is, Bruin Nation, we've got an offense that, or we got a defense we're going up against that our offense should be able to have a lot of success against so that's the good news that's the good news Mm-mm-mm. dave garrick said i'll be at the the tire iron tavern in monk's corner tonight eight to eleven if any bcc people want to drop by there you go so go see dave garrick at iron or tire tire iron tavern that is a freaking that's a tongue twister man ethan says the key will be to be aggressive and go out swinging hard from the get-go. Be ready to swing at the fastball early in the count and not look to walk every time. Yeah, being aggressive, for sure. Being aggressive, for sure, is a key. All right, let's jump back to the phone lines. We'll see. Call from Peyton. <laughs> Peyton, what's going on, man? How are you? Good. How about yourself, uh, I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. What's up? So, I want to talk a little bit. A little bit about the, uh, the 2024 income recruiting class for uh, Gamecock football. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's – I mean, you see all the all the statistics around the country and where they're placing our class at. And I just – I really don't think it's getting enough attention that it deserves because I saw this statistic the other day of 
percentages of blue chip recruits. Yeah. And uh, we are right behind Alabama. Alabama has, of course, 100% four-star and five-star athletes committed. And South Carolina has 89% of all total recruits in the 2024 class is four-star or five-star. Mm. I, just, I think that, that just speaks volumes about what kind of recruiter Shane Beamer is and what kind of program he's putting together. And I just think it's a, it's a short time before the glory days of Gamecock football return. So, what do you, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, eight of nine commits right now are uh... – are four or five stars. They're all four stars right now, but I know the Gamecocks have got you know, their eye on a couple of five stars, most notably Dylan Stewart, uh, which I think a lot of people feel really good that he will be a Gamecock at some point. So, um, And even your three stars, Blake Franks, who's six foot five, 310 pounds, offensive lineman out of Greenville. So, yeah, South Carolina, I mean, I, I think we all agree, man. They're off to a great start in the 24 class. And, I mean, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Listen, I, I did not worry about recruiting when Shane Bieber was hired. You know, he did it here before, back under Steve Spurrier, and I thought that was going to be at least um, – that, that was going to be a strength for him. Like, I didn't worry that he would he would not thrive in that role. But um, to do it this quickly is a bit surprising, to do it this quickly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they said 11th right now overall in the 24-7 sports team rankings. And, you know, I do agree with you, changing the blue chip ratio, changing the blue chip ratio of the roster, uh, that is a that is a key thing. It's very important, and Shane Weber's doing that for our eyes. So – I think that momentum is going to continue, man. I really do. I mean, the month of June, we all know it's Shane Beamer has dominated the month of June over the years. And uh, I, you know, I think you're going to see, I mean, what JC Sherbert said, he's expecting by like the first week of July for South Carolina to add six or seven more commitments. Cause this is generally the time of year when they're all pouring in. But I mean, it's, you know, to your point, man, to your point, Pey- Peyton, that, you know, you recruited a high level and, you know, you're, you're, you're going to give yourself a great chance to win football games because it's all about the Jimmies and Joes and, and Shane Beamer showing that to the way he is recruiting. So, you know, I agree with you, man. It's it's one of those things that uh, definitely needs to to have attention brought to it, the way they're recruiting, the blue chip ratio, and the way things are changing because three, four years from now, if Carolina's winning double-digit games in a season, you know, we're going to look back and say the reason that took place is because things did in, in you know indeed change in recruiting. And, I mean, it looks like we're well on the way to that. Absolutely. Um, uh, another, the, the major overhaul that has happened under Shane Beamer as far as the South Carolina program goes. So first, he changed the narrative, right? And that's probably the most difficult thing to get underway and start mm-hmm. get people talking positive about the program. And the next thing is, is he's going to start taking, hopefully, the, the next jump and uh, competing for, I mean, He's starting to change the expectations of the program as a whole, and I, I'm just curious what are some what are some expectations of yours coming into this 2023 campaign with a lot of new faces coming in the transfer portal and Rattler returning, mm-hmm. but what what are what are some of your expectations going into this? football season and when you say expectations i'm assuming you mean like win loss expectations correct like what what is what should be the goal uh, the standard for the, this this season win loss expectation um just the the game talk attitude that we displayed over the last yeah last yeah i mean i i said this at the end of last year man i i thought the whole you know it, it made its way on t-shirts and merchandise and became a fun slogan the whole drop your nuts thing Beamer, from cam smith okay. You know, I, I think that uh, that should really be the mantra of Carolina football. I, I think playing aggressively with nothing to lose, I, I, I love that style. I love that mentality on a week-in, week-out basis, and it paid great dividends for Carolina in the season last year. Um, you know, for me, and we've talked about this before with different people, but for me, I think the goal should be to match last year's win total, uh, eight and four. I, I think nine and three or better is a great season. I think eight and four is a really, really good season, and I think it continues. I think it sets a new floor for Carolina where it's like, okay, you know, we are eight wins is kind of our new benchmark, right? And and Shane Beamer shows the continued ascension of the program. I don't think seven and five is a failure in saying that. I don't think it's a failure. I think it's a it's an okay season. Um, you know, also not all seven and five seasons are built equally, so it really just does depend on – it depends on how that seven and five plays out, right? Um, anything below seven and five, I think six and six is going to be massively disappointing. And below that's obviously a failure. So, um, you know, I, I think the expectations for me, I think, you know, offensively, my expectations is to let your playmakers make plays, play free, play loose. Um, 
I don't think Spencer Rattler is going to be the guy we saw against Tennessee every week, but me more consistent, not turn the football over as much. Um, and, and Dabble Loggins, again, let his athletes go make plays. And then defensively, I really just want to see an aggressive defense. You know, I, I think the defense, admittedly, I think is going to take a slight step back just because of the, some, of, some of the guys you lost and some of the questions you have up front. But that doesn't mean they cannot be very serviceable, if not even better, and, you know, make plays for you down the stretch. And, of course, special teams, I just expect them to continue to do what Beamer Ball does, man, which is make big plays and change the games. And, uh, you know, all that being said, I think the expectations of getting to eight wins or more, I think, is very fair in year three of Shane Beamer. And I think you've got the pieces to go out and win eight games. Now, can they put it all together? We shall see. But, uh, you know, those are roughly, my friend, my expectations for the season. And uh, I think they're all very, very achievable. Absolutely, man. Well, great things to come ahead. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, Hopefully, we'll get after that horrid orange team from the upstate again this year and start that streak back how it should be. And fall um, in more and more as the, as the offseason goes on and more as in the season as well. So always, always appreciate, you know, the answer again. And uh, go Cots and thank you Spurs Up Show. Peyton, you're the man. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Take care. That being said, let's jump to the phone lines. Here we go. Call from Big Cock. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good. Great to be a gang cock. Yes, Christopher Phillips. You're going to listen to me really good and loud and clear, okay? South Carolina is going to the playoffs and winning the national championship. And also, and soon, uh, Spencer Rattler's winning your Heisman this year. Go Cox! Okay. I, I can respect that. I can respect that. You heard it there. That's it. Let's end the show now. I mean, I think that's a, that's a great note to go out on, honestly. There you go. <laughs> How about it? Hey, we got Super Regional Baseball on right now, by the way, guys. UVA uh, is down one, down to their final three outs of the game. Duke is looking to take game one of that series. So, there you go. There you go. Uh, anyways, those guys, I was just thinking again, the, the craziness that is the calls, you know, we're, we're doing post-game call-in shows after every single football game. That's going to be a thing. Post-game call-in show probably go live 10 minutes after the game ends for football. Can you even imagine how crazy the phone lines are going to be? <laughs> like, this is right now. This is the middle of the summer. And we got baseball going on, sure. But, like, this is literally the slowest time of year. Can you imagine during football season what it's going to be like on the phone lines? Right? Anyways, um, yeah, something I want to share with you too that I think is just really interesting and just share perspective, whatever. I was just looking at some at some numbers last night from the the podcast and the downloads and, and all that good stuff. Cause I think it's fun to look and see like the performance of the shows and the episodes, all that, all that good stuff. But I was looking at 2022. And just to give you an idea of just how much football moves the needle more than anything else. And I'm not complaining about it because I understand it, right? I mean, we all just love football, and football is king. We all get that. But just to give you all an idea of how much football moves the needle, in 2022, the top 10 downloaded, played, listened to, a download is a play, just so you don't, or if you don't know. The top 10 downloaded or most listened to shows last year, all came during football season or all football-related shows. They all came July 6th or later in the 2022 calendar year. At number uh, seven on the list was our game-by-game prediction. So that was a summer episode, if you will. Outside of that, every episode and then July 20th, the SEC Media Days episode was in the top 10. That finished at 10th. Outside of that, every episode that was in the top 10 
was a football season show. Every single one in the top 10. And I also looked at this year just for fun. The top 10 this year to this point. Every single show in the top 10, the most downloaded podcast of the year have been football-related shows. It's just like, I mean, it's not surprising, and I'm not complaining about it, but it really just really goes goes to show you how much football moves the needle. I mean, it really does. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, football is king, man, and I love it. I love it, and I embrace it, and, you know, I'm not complaining about it most certainly, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild to see it, like, to quantify it in those numbers. You know what I mean? Here's a here's a fun little uh, exercise for you all. If you had to guess, if you had to guess, those of you that if you tune into the Daily Crow, you probably tune into the podcast pretty consistently. If you had to guess, what was the most downloaded episode of the podcast of 2022? Like which show? Do you think it was the game preview show of this certain game? The game reaction show like the Monday after of this certain game, which show would you guess was the most downloaded show? Because I think the answer, I know the answer is going to surprise you. The answer I think is going to surprise you. I really do. I really do. If anybody wants to take a guess, you're more than welcome to. But I think the answer will indeed surprise you. Let's see if anybody gives a guess. Let's see. So how about LSU, by the way, is letting their students in for free? How about that? That's that's impressive. It's very impressive. Jeff Gulledge says, Monday after Florida. And I understand why you would say that. You know what's funny? That one did not even make the top 10. Because to your point, Jeff, I honestly thought that would be in there. I honestly thought that would be in there. Uh, Chase Floyd says, after Tennessee or after Clemson? Believe it or not, Chase, neither answer is correct. The Monday after Clemson show was number two. It was the second most downloaded. The Monday after Tennessee was the fifth most downloaded. I'll give you three and four, too. Number three was the Monday show after Arkansas. And number four was the Monday show after Kentucky. Jeff Gull, it's just Monday after Missouri. See, Jeff just thinks everybody just tunes in when things are going bad. Uh, let's see. The Mizzou one, that did not make the list either. That didn't make the top 10. Number one by like 100 downloads. But it was, and let's see, Mayhem Monday after Georgia. No, that one finished up. That one was number, what, six. On the list. Monday after AM did not even make the top 10. The most downloaded show last year, the Monday after the Georgia State game. Believe it or not, by 100 downloads, 120 downloads over the Monday after the Clemson game. Isn't that interesting, though? Isn't that really interesting that the Monday after Georgia State was the most down- downloaded show of the entire 2022 calendar year? And I think it's just one of those things where you're so excited for football and you're so ready for it. I, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I Like, it's it's honestly, I, I'm shocked it wasn't the Clemson one. I'm shocked. You know what I mean? So, the Monday after Georgia State. Again, it's by 120 downloads. So, we're kind of splitting hairs there. But, you know, still, it's, it's pretty crazy to see. It's pretty crazy to see. The rest of the top 10, though, Uh, The rest of the top 10 look like this. Again, Monday after Georgia State, Monday after Clemson, Monday after Arkansas, Monday after Kentucky, Monday after Tennessee. That's the top five. Monday after Georgia was number six. Game-by-game predictions part two, I think. Maybe this is part one. Part one, I think, yeah. Part one is number seven. Depth chart reactions and the Georgia State game preview was number eight. Positioning preview wide receivers opening line something. The this episode was published August 17th. That was number nine. And then number 12, or excuse me, number 10, finally in the top 10. Uh, SEC Media Days recap. Shane Beamer's dance moves win SEC Media Days at number 10. So interesting. It's interesting, nonetheless. It's very interesting. But yeah, 
Monday for Georgia State. I think people just get so – but you know what's interesting? You see the numbers kind of fall off. As Carolina lost, like, when we went through that, that lull in the middle of the season, it's why when people say, like, you know, would you rather Carolina – like, if you don't think I'm pulling for the Gamecocks, guys, winning is good for business. I can guarantee you Monday's show and Monday's content is going to be much more listened to if Carolina punches their ticket to Omaha versus loses to Florida. I can assure you. With that being said, guys, we've hit 3 o'clock. I appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. we got a jam-packed weekend. Lots going on. I hope to see you out at Carolina Alehouse Woodruff Road in Greenville, South Carolina, as we watch the Gamecocks take on Florida in the Gainesville Super Regional. And, guys, do not forget, Sunday night, the Rowdy Rooster Rundown will go live as we break down everything that happened over the weekend. And I give my immediate reaction and thoughts to everything. So we'll talk at that point. We'll talk on Monday, guys. Thank you all so much. Head out to your local county alehouse. If you're in the upstate, head out to Carolina Alehouse Woodruff Road and hang out with us as we watch the game. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your weekend. Go Cox, beat Florida, and we will talk to you all on Sunday night.